the house of the Lord. Amen. Blessings, church family. It's so nice to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. Uh, Y'all are looking so wonderful. Look at your neighbor and say, you look so wonderful today. Ah, come on, somebody. It is so good to look around and see the family of faith and the people of God on this beautiful Sunday morning. Amen. I know that you came with the hunger. Anybody came to the church hungry? Not naturally hungry. I know. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. You came spiritually hungry to the house of the Lord. I promise you today at Harvest Point Church, we serve up steak. Amen. We, we're not going to give you cotton candy uh, for, for, for uh, spiritual work. We're going to give you meat. We're going to give you real spiritual meat because we want you to grow in the Lord. And so it's just so good to look around and see all the family of faith, the people of God together. We are, we are still in our series. There's only two more messages. Today I'm going to be sharing a powerful message called The Windows of Heaven. And how many today know we need those windows of heaven? How many today know that you need the windows of heaven? Come on, somebody. We're going to talk about that today. And then next week, I'm going to be preaching on a man by the name of Judas. Maybe you've heard of him, Judas Iscariot. We're going to be talking about Judas. And I'm going to show you how important he was to the ministry of Christ so that we can kind of lay hold of some of the relationships you might have in your life. Anybody here today have a Judas in your life? Ah, oh, we're going to talk about that person. And we're going to help us mend those relationships. How many of you know that those relationships are important to you? Amen. Uh, and so sometimes it's not your best friend that helps you the most. Sometimes it's the enemy. Amen. So we're going to be talking about that next Sunday. So be ready for that. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord. So let's do this. I'm going to have you to stand. And as you're standing, let's get over uh, to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 7. Amen. And it's just so good to see, look around and see all the people. And David and Claudia, it's good to see you guys. Uh, this is uh, First Lady's family. In from you guys live in California, right? Well, what, what city y'all from? San Jose, California. So we back in the uh, years ago, uh, my uncle lived there, and they've since moved to Dad. Are they? Uh, uncle Johnny's now in Tennessee, right? Yeah. So anyway, welcome. We want to welcome family here today. It's so nice to see everybody and to look around and see the family faith. So if you're in your Bible, Second Kings, Second Kings, chapter seven, and today, today. I want to read to you, we're going to read 2 Kings chapter 7, and, I'm, and we're going to actually read the whole chapter, but don't worry because it reads like a book, like a narrative. So we're just going to read through these passages. I want to take it all the way through verse, verse 20. So again, we're in 2 Kings chapter 7, uh, verses 1 through 20, but I want to add a little nuance here. I want to read the very ending of chapter 6, verse 33, and you see 33 is the end verse in the sixth chapter of 2 Kings, and then we'll slide into 2 Kings 7. You'll see this reads uh, very easy, and we'll understand this story as we get into this prophetic message entitled, The Windows of Heaven. So I'm going to begin here, verse 33, and it begins like this. And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him, this is to Elijah, and said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord, what should I wait for the Lord any longer? Interesting. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> Here we go. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 begins like this. Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, Shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria? Verse 2. Then, then a Lord whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, catch this, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? <laughs> Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit still here we die also now therefore come 
let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Now notice this. I want you to catch this. Verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of their enemy. Come on, somebody. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. <laughs> come on, somebody. Listen to that. There was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled, listen to that, in the twilight. Look at your neighbor and say, there's timing. Did y'all see that? Therefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went in to one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. Look at your neighbor and say, We've got good news this morning. <laughs> I'm going to say that then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good news, good tidings. And, they, and, we, held, and we hold our peace if we tarry to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told him, saying, We came to the camp of our enemy. <laughs> and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man but horses tied and asses tied and the tents as they were. And he called the porter and they told it to the king's house where, where within, pardon me. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry, therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, say, that are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. They had five horses left. Let us send and see. And they took their, thereof two chariot horses. And the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord whose hand he leaned on to have the charge of the gate. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died, as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And the Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. Look at your neighbor and say, The gatekeeper's going to die this morning. Oh, that's a word for somebody. 
Are y'all ready to get down? We're going to get down with the get down. Y'all ready? We're going to do some stuff this morning. Y'all ready to pray with me? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for this message so divine, so purpose, so right on time. That this message meets us right when we need to hear it. Father, I pray that you just move perfectly. Move over this message. Stir hearts and minds. Move upon the people of God that have come, that have a need, that have a situation, that are going through a particular thing, that this message will breathe upon them the very life of the kingdom of God. And I pray blessing upon every hearer, those that are watching here in person, those that are watching, are watching by stream right now, those that are watching uh, in other parts and regions, on podcasts and around the world, those that are tuned in and hear this message, it'll greet you in the power of God and in the purpose of the kingdom of heaven. So we thank you for this day. We thank you for this hour. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen and amen and amen. Listen, go find somebody and I want you to give them a hug and say, why sit we here until we die? Go grab somebody and just say, why sit we here until we die? Go grab somebody, hug on them, tell them, why sit we here until we die? Oh, what a marvelous message. What a marvelous message. Why sit we here? Why sit we here until we die? Uh, why sit we here until we die? Why sit we here until we die? What a marvelous day it is. What a marvelous day it is. What a marvelous day it is. Look at your neighbor right now. Say, don't bother me right now. I don't need no men. I don't need no help. I don't need no conversation. I need the word of God. God's got a word for you today. Y'all ready? God's got a word Rich, 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 rich word. I pray your hearts are ready. Amen. Take off your natural mind and get into your spiritual mind. God's going to bless your life right now. Going to be blessed. This message is going to bless your life. I'm going to be obedient to the Spirit of God. Uh, uh, This last week as I slept, the Holy Spirit spoke with me as I slept to say, go teach the church, what are the windows of heaven? I'm going to do just that. I'm going to teach you what are the windows of heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a window of heaven. You need that. You need it. Let, let, let me start here. There is never a time where God is ever surprised or is caught unaware. Let me say that one more time. That there is never a time that God is caught unawares, that, that, that God is caught by surprise, or better yet, that we can make God ready. Look at your neighbor and say, God is always ready. I'm going to say that one more time because to me that's like caviar when people are trying to eat peanut butter. There is never a time that God can cause to be surprised or or we catch God unaware or that we're asking God to get ready. Could I suggest to you that God is seated on his throne? You're not going to ask God to get up because he's already completed the tasks. In fact, anybody who knows how to pray knows that we never ask God to do something in prayer. We ask God to release in prayer. Well, I tell you, that, 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 all that right there, I can go home just on that. If you, you lay hold of that, then you get some semblance of the nature of God. Uh, do, do, do you know, do you know what, watch this, do you know that the disciples came to the Lord and, and, and they wanted to know how to pray? Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. And then Jesus said this, when you pray, 
Don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that in, that, that in their much talking, they'll be heard of God. Then he says, don't be like them. He says, for your father knows what you have need of before you ask him. Amen. Somebody need to lay hold of that. You're not going to catch God by surprise with your request. He, he knew about your request before the foundations of the world. <laughs> I, I, you want to go a little deeper with me? All you got to do, that's St. Matthew 6. Just flip over to St. Matthew 7. What does Jesus say? Ask and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And, and to him that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. God already has what you need in reserve. It's just waiting for you to ask so that he might release it to you. Yeah, 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 I got one person. Hopefully we get the rest. That, 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 that everything that you would have asked God for is already present with God. It amazes me that we haven't understood this. We haven't understood this. Now, now, now let, let, let me go a little deeper. How, how many know the prophet Jeremiah said this? That God said, I know the thoughts. Don't read too fast. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. That means that you're a past thought. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Watch what the Bible says. To give you an expected end. Amen. Oh, y'all got to catch that. So what's the expectation? That God's already finished it. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. What's the expectation? That it's already done. Brother and sister, catch it. Now, now, now let, me, let me go. Can I go a little deeper? I'll go to the prophet Isaiah. Well, what does the prophet Isaiah say? That God said of himself. I love when God says things about himself, right? So that we don't have to worry about men's interpretation. God clearly defines himself. How many love Exodus 34? I love Exodus 34 because God defines himself. And then, now now watch, watch the prophet Isaiah. This is Isaiah 46. You've heard this before. Remember the former things of old, saith the Lord, right? For I am God. And there is none else. I am God. And watch what he says. There is none like me. No, no. So God gives you a distinction about himself. What does God want me to know about him that's distinctly him that would separate him from any other thing that we might call God? And watch what he says. Declaring the end from the beginning. Let me say that one more time, because you, you might miss that. God said, this is how you know that I'm God. I declare the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, the thing's not yet done. In other words, God ends something to get started. Look at your name and say, God ends things to get started. Let, 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 me, let me say that one more time because you might have missed that. God ends things to get started. That's why he ends something and then he puts you in motion. That's where dreams and visions come from. Because all you're dreaming about and getting a vision of, of what God has already done. Ah, somebody. Uh, all my dreams and visions were me getting a glimpse of what God already completed. Look at your neighbor and say, God's finished. Looking back say, he's done. Touch somebody and say, what you tripping about? <laughs> All you're asking God to do is to release the thing. It's called a window. It's a window of heaven. Everything that God has is in reserve. Everything that God does is already in reserve. Listen, why do you think Jesus taught the disciples, as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm not trying to conjure God up. He's already here. It's already done. It's at my disposal. It's in reserve. Are you living your life knowing that your situation has already been declared finished? 
Are you living your present situation, your problem, the thing that's causing you to come to church with the frown on your face? Are you thinking about that God has already finished it? That we might say, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Are you considering the latter end? Or has your present situation caused you to forget that God has your blessing in reserve? Do, 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 you know, do you know that God can change your situation right now? <laughs> Look at you and say, we're talking about right now, baby. We're talking about right now. We're not talking about next week, next year. God can change your situation right now. Right now. Somebody say right now. Shout it out real loud. Right now. Because if you get right now in your spirit, you got faith moving. Quit telling me what God's going to do next year. Use your faith. I don't want you operating in hope. I want you to operate in faith. Because faith is how we cause the window to open. So let me teach this. Uh, most of us have never considered what it means to have a, a window of heaven. You, you, you know, there's a gatekeeper here, and he says, even if God had a window, you know, you've got, you've got people in your life that are gatekeepers. And they speak to you, and they tell you that your situation won't change. That your problem's going to be your problem. You, 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 you just live with it. Why, why get yourself all stirred up? Why get your hope up? J -j just learn to live with the indifference. Learn to live with the problem. Just learn to live with it, and you'll be better off than believing that God can change it. I've got great news. There, there are windows of heaven. You say, well, how do I know? Well, the Bible tells me they're there. A window in heaven is it's not like a window the way we perceive it. A window in heaven is actually translated in the Hebrew sluice gate. Sluice gate. Sluice. You know, when we get the word slew, there was a slew of them. You ever heard the word slew? You know, that, that there's a lot. So, so there's a sluice gate. It means it's holding back a lot. It, it, it's the picture in Hebrew of a dam. Anybody ever seen a dam before where you go to dam? There's this great wall that scales high, and on the other side of that is a lot of water. And down at the very bottom where all the pressure is, where the water is, where all the weight of that which is being held in reserve, there's a gate there. Somebody can open that gate, and when that gate is open, all of the pressure, right, all of the weight, all of the water comes gushing out. And if there's a valley, there's a gorge, there's a river, that water comes through and it clears everything out. And an image of the window of heaven. Uh, let me show you how real it is. Y'all know that God one time said, you know, I'm going to judge the earth. And God, to judge the earth, used the window. The Bible says he caused the fountains of the earth to be broken, cisterns, and water came up from underneath, and God opened the windows of heaven, and water came out of the sky. It had never rained before, and the earth was flooded. And, and there's going to come an hour where that judgment's going to be poured out. I mean, you're thankful the Spirit of God is poured out. Yeah. Uh, there's another occasion. And so God is showing you that, that the windows of heaven are judgmental. But, but I want to show you that the windows of heaven are also an expression of the blessing of God that we can derive out of natural work. Not natural in the flesh work, but things that we might do. How many know that whatever you do, God's going to reward you? Yeah. Look at your name and say, God's going to reward you. That's why we say, Maranatha, the Lord, come quickly. Why? Because his reward is with him. There's nothing you're going to do in Christian walk that God isn't going to repay you for. And I know there's a lot of people that hate me saying that, but you need to hear it, that your God is a blesser. Somebody say blesser. That's what he does. He's indebted to no man. 
Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Let me say it one more time. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. He's a blesser. It's his nature. He loves to bless. And there's not one parent in here that doesn't want to give good gifts to his children. And your father is, is more, more than you could ever be as a parent. Uh, he wants to give good gifts. Well, you look at him and say, God wants to give good gifts. He's, his nature is to bless. So just get over it. If you have a problem with that, get over that. That's what God does. He's a blesser. And whatever you do. I'm talking about Christian work. He's going to reward you. Give a cold cup of water. He'll reward you. Lend to somebody and he'll reward you. God rewards. Go into prayer in the Bible. Well, God sees in secret. He's going to reward you. When you lend to somebody, not expecting them back again, he'll reward you. Everything we do in the kingdom of heaven, there is a gate assigned to that. There is blessing assigned to that. And that's the nature of the kingdom of God. Now, it's not our primary motive, but brother and sister, I want you to know, God can change something in an instant. And he's a blesser and he's a helper. Isn't that the nature of us understanding why he's with us? He'll never leave us nor forsake us so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And brother and sister, if God's with you, why are you, why are you so sad? If God's with you, why are you afraid? Look at your neighbor and say, man, say, say, come on, baby. Can you imagine that God gives us the semblance of the window so that we might understand how, how, how quickly God can change the situation? So, so, so let me just say this. And I know, you know people might, might start tripping on this because I'm having to deal with a very strange culture of people who don't understand pr- principle. They don't understand the principles. So, so, so I'll, I'll just give it to you like this. I'm going to teach the truth. Bring all the tithe. Bring all the tithe into my storehouse. That there may be meat in my house. God says, improve me now herewith. What do you say? If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. That means I can sow out of this and receive something spiritual. The blessing can come. Genesis 7, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And I believe in the whole of the Bible, brothers and sisters. I'm an Old Testament man just as much as I am a New Testament man. I believe in all of the Bible. Every black letter is Holy Ghost and every red letter is Jesus Christ. All Scripture is given by inspiration. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. Oh, somebody. Touch your neighbor and say, you need the whole Bible. Not just the little parts you like. You need all of it. Not just some of it. And you better know all of it, and you better understand how it comes, right? Because you can't add or take away. Then there's the window of heaven, 2 Kings 7. Where the word of the Lord comes and says, this time tomorrow, In less than 24 hours, God is going to end the famine. Now, 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 you may not know how bad this famine was, so let me, let me give you a little description about what's happened. So, so, so some of you may not know the backdrops of all of the story, how we get to 2 Kings uh, chapter 7, but, but there's a famine in Samaria caused because Jeroham has, has a fear against the Syrians. When he heard the Syrians were coming, he shut up the gates of the city. Nothing going in, nothing going out. That's okay for a while until you start running out of food. The Bible says that an ass's head, an ass head, sold for 80 pieces of silver. Now, now, when you get around Mexicans, you see how everybody's like, what's what's the big deal about that? Because you're like eating barbacoa, you know, you're thinking, well, you know. It's a problem with, with the head, you know, tongue, cheek, you know, we make some tacos. No, no, brother and sister. The Jews were kosher and asses unclean. The Bible says a, a fourth part of a, a cab of 
Dove's dung. Dove doo-doo. Sold for five pieces of silver. That the, that the historians say that, that, that the people of Israel were actually going through the dung trying to find little pieces of kernels of wheat and things that passed through the digestive tract of a dove so that they might use it to bake something. Five pieces of silver. Gets worse. The Bible says that the king was walking along the wall of the gate. A woman said, King, help me. The king says, how can I help you unless God help you? Could, could I go to the wine press or to the threshing floor? And he said, well, what ails you? He said, well, uh, king, I got a story. I need you to help me. You, you know, my neighbor, she came and she said, you know, the famine's really bad and things are looking really, really bad. Literally, I got an idea. You, you see your son, your baby son? Why don't we eat your son? And then tomorrow, you see my son? We can eat mine tomorrow. And so she said, listen to what I'm telling you, church. This woman, an Israelite woman who knows that if anything happened to her husband, it's her son that's going to keep her connected to possession. The Bible says she bawled him. And she said, we did eat of my son. And then when the next day came and we got hungry again, I said, where's your boy? And now she's hiding her boy. King, help me. The Bible says he ran his clothes. And said, as surely as I stand here, the head of Elijah I'm going to take. Now, see, they blamed the famine on Elijah. Now, let me get, you want a little bit more background? Anybody want some more? You want to go a little deeper with me in the Word? You, you, you know, Elijah was a man of God who the Bible says that, that when the king of Syria was trying to plan ways to attack Israel, that, that Elijah was telling the captain of the host of the army of Israel exactly where uh, the Syrians were trying to attack them. And so whenever they'd go out, uh, uh, Israel would divert it. And so finally the king started saying, who's the spy? Who's in here telling them what we're doing? And somebody inside the king's inner chamber said, there's a prophet in Israel named Elijah. He knows what you talk about in your bedchamber. Touch let me say, that's the word of the Lord. So he said, well, let's go get him. So they got all their chariots and all their men, and they came and they camped around the prophet's house, right? And the Bible says the next morning, uh, one of the servants of Elijah got up. He rubbed his eyes, walked outside, and when he looked, all of the chariots surrounded them. And he, for fear, went and woke up his master. The last master, we die. The Bible said Elijah got up, went out and looked around. There are more that be with us than be with them. Let me say it one more time because you, 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 you see, I think the church is acting like they're all by themselves and you're trying to live your life like if nobody's with you. And so Elijah comes to remind us there are more that be with us that be with them. And the Bible says that he prayed and God opened his eyes and he saw chariots of fire all around him. And so, so Elijah did what the prophet does. He says, smoke them with blindness, Lord. And all of the hosts of the Syrians were blind. And he took them all the way into Samaria. Watch this. Took them all the way. And, and when he brought all of the enemy uh, into Israel, uh, the Bible says that the king of Israel, Jeroham, said, uh, 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 Elijah, do you want me to kill him? He said, no. Send them water and food. Let's make a banquet for them. Let's care for them. Let's show them kindness. And the Bible says they ate and drank and they went back and came no more. Until they came back. And the king remembered we could have taken their lives. This is all Elijah's fault. So they send a messenger to him and you read it. The messenger comes back and says, why should we wait on God any longer? This evil belongs to the Lord. And brother and sister, I want you to know, you better be careful about what you're attributing to God. God does not produce evil in your life. They are starving. They are in famine. You know why? Because they are faithless. I'm going to tell it to you plainly. You have not because you ask not. They, they, they are in famine because they are in fear, and fear bringeth torment. 
perfect love casteth out all fear. And any man that feareth is not been made perfect in love. You're fearing in your life, you're not perfect in the love of God yet. So, so, so I want you to hear uh, th- 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 this, this gatekeeper. The, the, the gatekeeper says, man, if there were even windows in heaven, might this thing even be changed? If there are windows of heaven. And brother and sister, I'm here to tell you, there most surely is windows of heaven. Now, I want to introduce to you for your inspection, you read it for yourself, there are four lepers, four lepers. They don't live in the city, they live out of the city. Why? Because they're leprous. They are unclean, they are sick, they are affirmed, they are nothing in the sight of community in Israel. They are lepers. And out of their weakness, they begin to talk. Why sit we here until we die? Only weak people talk like that. You've probably never had that conversation with God, have you? Because you have abilities and strengths. you got an HMO, a PPO. you got a primary care physician. You've got a 401. You've got a good job. You've got a nice car and nice house. You never talk like that with God. And you know that's the truth. And it takes a man of God to come look you in your face and say, you have never told God that. That if I stay here, I'm going to die. And that was their recourse. Listen, we, if we, look, we're sick. If we stay right where we are, we'll surely die. If we go into the camp of Israel, of Samaria, guess what? Inside the city, there's death there too. You know where they chose? Let's go to the enemy's camp. Brother and sister, if you knew how much he took from you, you'd want to go there too. I'm going to say that one more time. If you knew just how much the devil has taken from you, you'd be telling God, I'm going to go to the enemy's camp, and I'm going to take back everything he stole from me. Listen, if you knew what the enemy had and what he's done in your life and how he's disrupted you, if you knew that the enemy was the cause of your situation and your trouble, you'd get up right now. You'd say, I'm not staying here another minute, preacher. I got to go right now. I I know you got to go, but I got to go deal with that enemy right now. I got to deal with what he's taken from me. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Talking to somebody. And that's for people who understand what warfare is all about. When you understand that prayer is warfare, that the enemy's always working, spirits causing people to be in subjection to all sorts of things. We can lift that, that spiritual cloud off of some of the people in your family. They would see the light of the glorious gospel. Because the Bible says he's hid, he blinded their eyes. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. How marvelous it is that four lepers say, well, why sit we here until we die? We're going to die anyway. We get around those folks, they're dying too. Ah, right, let's, let's go that way. And I want you to hear something about faith. Because faith opens the sluice gate. Uh, There's a word, and I promise you that these lepers didn't know there was a word spoken. Uh, They they didn't know that, that Elijah came and said, this time tomorrow, this famine where you're eating each other and eating dove's dung, where poo poo is your delicacy. You, you, you ever seen a bird hit your window with something? Have you ever just desired to whip it off there and give it a taste? You know, give it a little swirl in your mouth? Look at your neighbor and say, that was bad. That, that dove's dunk stuff, that, that, that's, that's bad. Now, the donkey, donkey's head, I could do that, but, but, but the doo-doo stuff, I don't want to mess with that. that that's, that's out there. Now, think for a moment. 
that, that for the, the weakest part of the nation, the, the, the four weakest men in all of the nation of Samaria are besieged by an army that, whose masses are untold. Hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of men, armed men in battle, are encamped around the city. Surely they're going to die, except for four lepers. Said, we're not going to sit here until we die. Now, I want you to see the timing. Sometime, I'm going to say, maybe in the twilight, you know, it's still dark. It's probably, you know, four in the morning. You know, before the sun comes up, but it's going to come. They said, let's go to the enemy's camp. It's still dark. You know, it's twilight. And the Bible says that when they stood up, God stood up. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. I said when when they stood up in faith, God stood up. Oh, I'm saying so. Yeah, yeah. I I shouldn't say he stood up. God spoke up. (laughs) When I see my father, I always see him on the throne. He's seated. He's not surprised. He's not caught unawares. When I come and tell him, I say, Father, I need you to release something for me. I'm in need of something. Release it. Open the gate. Open the window. I need something. The second, uh, the, the, the four lepers stood up. Uh, God began to speak. And, and he caused the Syrians to hear chariots coming. A host coming. People coming. Voices and things, so much so that they thought that, that an army's coming and were not ready and they fled for their lives. Four, four lepers decided that they were going to go to the enemy's camp. Four lepers said, we're going to move in faith. And the moment that they stood up at twilight, God caused the enemy to leave at twilight. To catch your neighbor say, there's timing. See, see, this is what we do. This, this, is, this is how the modern church prays. The modern church prays, and then they look to see if anything's going on. Oh, no, it hadn't changed. I need to pray some more. We pray, we pray, we pray. Then we look. Oh, oh no, they're, they're still there. Let me pray some more. I had to pray some more. Let me fast. I'll go on a hunger strike to make God do what I want him to do. See, people that pray know that when they pray in their closet, they have what they've asked for. And so they don't come out looking for stuff. They come out walking that they possess it, right? So you don't come out of your closet looking for the stuff. You come out walking like you have it, right? Because Jesus said, if you believe that you have it, then I'll give it to you. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to believe you have it before God gives it to you. This is faith. This is faith. Faith doesn't mean we pray and look. We pray and act. And they just went out. And they left at twilight, so did the enemy. Did you catch it? God opened up the sluice gate. A famine where people were eating ass's head and dove's dung and boiling one another into cannibalism. The very next day, there was an abundance. They were full of not just food, but gold and silver and clothes and horses and chariots and all the stuff that they ate up while they hunkered down in fear. Four weak men, four weak men caused hundreds of thousands of trained Infantry to run for their lives. Four leprous men. What situation you in? What are you going through, brother and sister? What's the problem? I'm going to tell you like the king of Israel. What ails you? What's the problem? God has already fixed the fight. 
God has already declared you the super victor. In fact, you are more than a conqueror. In the name of Jesus, right? I'm just trying to say it. Now, now, now let me tell you while I'm talking. Let me, tell, let me tell you what's happening right here. Some of you already tuned me out because I can see your faces. You're somewhere else. You've already tuned me out. You know why? Because you're the gatekeeper. You, 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 you know, there's always gatekeepers in the church trying to tell you that God doesn't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, pastor, preach a good message. Oh, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you where the error is. There's always a gatekeeper, and there's gatekeepers in your life telling you that your situation will not change. And that's why the Spirit of the Lord sent me to tell you that we're going to destroy the gatekeeper, right? Because it's the gatekeeper that keeps whispering in your ear that God won't do it, that God can't bless you, that God can't help you, that God isn't concerned about it, that God won't do it, and you've got to plead and cry and act up for God to even look your way. Where you know that God said, I know my thoughts that I think towards you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, now, I'm going to tell you this. While I slept, and, and I'm telling you, what I'm giving you is Rima, man. This is stuff coming divine of the Spirit of God. While I sleep, the Spirit of God is speaking to my spirit. Now, I, I, can, can I give you something? Can I give you something? Because I'm going to talk about this gatekeeper. Because, you know, the gatekeeper likes to act like there ain't no windows. And I, I, you, know what, you know what I'm sick of people doing? Trying to act like my God isn't kind. That he isn't good. That he isn't benevolent. And that he isn't up in heaven trying to move and help and, and give you every advantage possible. That I have a good father. And he answers my prayers. And when I come to him, he knows that when I'm coming to him, he has an answer. It's already in store for me. Son, ask me. I, 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 I like, I was hearing all we, you know how when people tell you, mi casa is su casa. You ever heard somebody tell you that? Yeah. Anybody ever tell you, mi casa su casa? Yeah. So you're the one tripping if you're sleeping in the street. You're the one tripping if you're sleeping in your house and you know your air conditioner don't work. I ain't talking to somebody, man. <laughs> Everybody acts so quiet when you know I'm speaking to you. Say amen. Receive it. Listen, brother and sister. God said, mi casa es su casa. If it were not true, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there ye may be. Oh, I wish I had somebody on that one. Listen, listen, brother and sister, hear me. You've got to begin to think spiritually that God's already done it. I walk in victory, not in defeat. That God's on my side. Come on, or you're on God's side better. Come on, somebody. Let me clarify that. You're not on. God, you're, God is, is the only side there is. <laughs> I'm on God's side. Come on, somebody. Listen, I want you to know. I want you to know that there's a word. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me as I slept. And I'm going to give it to you as a gift. It's a word from God. You know, Elijah came and brought one. And there's the gatekeeper. Ah, if, even if there were winners of him, could even, could even this thing be? You don't know how long I've been going through this, and you don't know my problem. You don't know my situation. You've never met my mother-in-law. <laughs> Pastor, you didn't see the x-ray. There's always the gatekeeper. You, you, you know, I say this a lot. How many know that the media is a gatekeeper? I tell my wife, turn the news off. I don't, I, they're not going to tell me what the news is. I know what the news I got the good news. I got the good tide. They ain't going to tell me nothing. And if I want to know the weather, I got my cell phone. It tells me the weather every day. I can look at it. I know what the weather's going to be like. I don't need the news to tell me nothing. How many know that the news is only telling you what they want you to know? And they want to keep you in disharmony. They want to tell you that blacks don't like whites and whites don't like blacks. And the reason why you ain't got nothing is because a white man. Look at your name and say, the white man. That's real. 
The devil's a liar. He's a liar. You, you, you know the race hustler needs for there to be race problems because that's his job. He looks like he's trying to solve it, but in actuality, he's trying to stir it up that he can make more money. Everybody's talking about war, 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 war. You know why people like war? Because it makes money. We're not pulling out of where we are until it's finished. You know why? Because it makes money. Man, listen, I don't need the devil to tell me nothing. I know the good news. I believe in the windows. My change happens because the application of faith opens the window. You say, well, preacher, how do you open the window? I open the window through faith because I know that God has it in reserve. All it requires is for me to ask. You say, oh, there's the gatekeeper again. What do you mean? Ask, and it shall be given you. What don't you understand? Let me say it again. Ask, and he'll give it to you. Ask. He'll give it to you. There's the gatekeeper. Well, I asked last week, and he didn't bring it. It's proof that you didn't ask in faith. Because if you asked in faith, you would have said, I have it, even though I don't see it. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it proves you're not asking in faith. Because you ask in faith, you know that it's yours. You hear it? I'm preaching so good, the fire trucks are coming. There's a fire at Harvest Point Church. There's a fire in here. Man, come on. Get your hands up on it. Get warmed up on it. Come on, somebody. Come on, get up on that fire and say, I want some of that, preacher. And you know you need it because your situation needs to be turned around. Your problem needs an answer. Your situation needs a window to open up that God may be glorified. God is just waiting for it. Waiting for you to be weak enough and say, why sit I here until I die? Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Anybody want that word I came to give you? Anybody want it? I'm not giving you no ass's head or some, some dove dung. I'm giving you the word of the Lord. Now, now, now go with me right there. Go with me right now so you'll say, well, preacher, where where you get your doctrine from? Where you get your doctrine from, preacher? I get it right out the Bible because I'm a reader of it. I'm a studier of it. I'm a sleeper of it. That's the first lady. She hears me whispering. She knows what I'm doing. I'm just reciting Bible verses. I go to sleep reciting. And then somewhere I fall asleep. Reciting all the Psalms and Proverbs and chapters and verses. Just, just boom, boom, boom. Then I just go to sleep reciting scripture. No wonder the spirit could come and talk to me. Tell you something about what you Hey, you gonna, I need you to talk to people about the windows because they don't know that I got it laid up. They think God's got to stir it up. That God, oh, oh, oh. They, theologians say there's two things God can't say, oh, oh, or oops. <laughs> Come on, somebody. God's waiting on you to ask. And ask in faith because you know it's there. You know that the windows of heaven are there. See, the sluice caper says, oh, man, even if there are windows, could this thing even be? Y'all ready? Y'all ready for something? Y'all ready for something? Uh, Go with me to Deuteronomy 32. And I'm going to give you this as a word of the Lord, and then we're going to rebuke the gatekeeper. You know, you might even be the gatekeeper. Look at your name and say, don't you be no gatekeeper, because I'll rebuke you in Jesus' name. How many know we need to start rebuking people? Say, listen, no, 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 no. Don't start telling me that. That's not God. What you're talking about, you're talking man. You're not talking God. I know my God is faithful. No, 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 be quiet. Be quiet. God, God is a blesser. Stop that. 
Come on. He blesses. That's his nature. Come on, somebody. My father is kind. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's merciful. The Bible says abundant in goodness and in truth. Man, listen, my God is wonderful. My Jesus is wonderful. The Holy Ghost is wonderful. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to follow them. My whole life has been blessed because of them. Oh, man, it's marvelous. Deuteronomy 32. Check this out. Are you there? Deuteronomy 32. Go, go, go down to verse 28, and, and you'll see, you'll see. Uh, I, I want you to hear this. Deuteronomy 30, 28 through verse 30. And I want, somebody here needs to memorize these three verses. And, and I know you can do it because you know all of Beyonce's songs. And she's singing nothing about the devil. Have you ever, you ever heard her lyrics? She ain't, pre- she ain't singing nothing but devil. And you know all her jams. All these rappers and people talking about nonsense. And here's the word of the Lord, the script, right? The scripture, the word of God. Are you there? Listen to this. Deuteronomy 32, 28. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Verse 29. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this. What does it say? That they should consider their latter end. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they should consider their latter end. Your view isn't the problem. Your view is God. He's already done it. My my view is it's completed. The task's been done. God's given me victory. That's why you never catch me under my circumstances. I'm above the circumstances. Why? Why? Because they that wait upon the Lord, they're going to mount up with what? God's going to take you higher if you wait on God. Why should we wait on the Lord any longer? You see, this evil's from God. Are you, are you there with me? Well, watch this. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they should consider their latter end. How should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight and three put 100,000 and four drive off a million? Four lepers drove off hundreds of thousands of men four lepers when they said to themselves why sit we here until we die you know what those four lepers did they opened up the floodgate four lepers four unclean people caused God to command the floodgate to be open how much more the children of God You know, we said it in our huddle today. Pastor Josh said it. Where two or three come together. Agreeing by touching any one thing. That whatever they ask shall be given unto them by my Father, which is in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. How that Harvest Point Church could send hundreds of thousands of our enemy running for their lives if we understood that we could consider what the latter end is. I want you to stand right now because I think there's some people in here that I don't want you to get too close. In fact, if, if, if you're, if you're kind of close to a gatekeeper, just kind of move over a little side. I don't want to be too close to this person because they always talking about how God can't do this and God didn't do that and God won't bless this and God hadn't blessed that. I just want to get away from people. In fact, could I suggest that if you've got a situation that needs help, why don't you just get away from people, come down to the altar, just go ahead and separate yourself. Just, just get away from people that are going to try to put their hand on you, but the, the, it's the hand of doubt. It's not a hand of faith. 
just come down. And the elders are coming down. They're going to be anointing your head with oil. They're going to be praying over you. Now, now brothers and sisters, if you're coming down, I just want you to come down with this one premise. I want you to come down. That whatever you're going to ask God for, I want you to know it's already instead for you. It's It's already. Could I tell you, the Spirit of the Lord has been telling me all week, it's past ready. In other words, it had a delivery date, but you haven't picked it up yet. You passed your delivery date. That, that, that God is saying that there's going to be a timing to some of this. Now, 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 brother and sister, listen. Uh, you, you heard what I said. Why sit we here until we die? So, brother and sister, you heard me preach a word. You heard the word of the Lord come. And if you stay in your seat, then let it be between you and God. But just know that I delivered faithfully what the Spirit of God spoke to me. That if you'll get out of your seat and say, I'm not going to sit here until I die. But I'm going to come. I'm going to separate myself. That. That, that, that this floodgate be opened, that, that the hand of God come and prevail over my situation, over this thing. It could be natural. It could be spiritual. I don't know what you're asking God for, but I know my God is faithful. Listen to what I just said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one more opportunity, brother and sister. 